Hello, this is Caleb Keith, the director of the 1517 Podcast Network, with an important announcement from the network to you. During the month of June, your favorite podcasts from 1517 are going to be participating in a podcast fundraiser. During this time, we are seeking to raise $50,000 for the 1517 Podcasts. The 1517 Podcast Network has created free gospel-centered content for over five years. We have new episodes of our 19 podcasts coming out every day of the week, and we never fill them with ads or place them behind a paywall. That's why this June, we're asking listeners across our shows to support 1517 and the teachers and creators behind your favorite theological resources. Your support directly impacts our ability to build and maintain podcast content that was listened to over 6 million times last year alone. Thank you to the listeners who enjoy and share our podcast, and a special thanks to those who financially support our shows. We hope that you consider supporting this podcast and the rest of the network during our June fundraiser. And again, that goal is $50,000. One of the easiest ways you can help is by signing up for a monthly reoccurring donation. All you have to do is follow the support this show link at the top of the show notes or go to 1517.org slash donate dash podcasts to support your favorite shows. Again, we appreciate your support. Enjoy this episode of your favorite 1517 podcast. Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly. This is Wade here in the podcast studio with my dear friend and colleague, the Reverend Dr. Michael Berg. And uh, we are recording a couple episodes here a little bit ahead of time because we have a lot of travels coming up in the month of June as we'll be presenting different places or spending time with family and things of that sort. And uh, we, we've been in the studio for a while, therefore, and uh, it's about 90 degrees in Wisconsin today. And we're on the third floor um, in a building that just soaks up heat. Mm -hmm. And so we've not been running the air conditioner as we've recorded before, but we're going to do it for this episode. We tried to test it. I don't think it's coming through, but if it does, I apologize. But but Michael was sweating a little bit, and I'm fatter, and I was sweating even more. And I made the call, so I apologize. But I said, we're going to, let's try with the AC. You want want us to pass out? I think they'll survive. Yeah, I mean, this is for our own good. Very warm. Um, and so we apologize if there is that background noise, but I'm, I'm only kind of sorry. I'm not too sorry. Sorry, because, not sorry. Yeah, because we're, we're here working hard. And what we're going to be talking about... We don't about, have to be here. It's summer. Yeah, we're off. Um, but uh, what we're going to be talking about today is uh, Sunday. What is Sunday for? Um, what, is, what is that, uh, the day as a whole? What is the hour we spend? Um, why Sunday... What's going on with Sunday? Michael uh, recently had a book published with 1517 on any given Sunday. Um, we're not going to be doing an overview of that book, but, but kind of just talking about maybe the Sunday part. Why Sunday? Why, why is Sunday still a day where companies are open less hours mm-hmm. often? Um, or in some places, not open at all. And you, in some places, you can't buy a beer. Blue laws. Or you can buy a beer, but only a certain percentage. Yep. 
Valkal, so not a good beer, just a, a watered-down beer. Yeah. Right? Um, so what is the deal with that, and what should you, uh, dear Christian friend, should you be a Christian, dear friend, no matter what, but dear Christian friend, what should you be able to expect yeah. from a Sunday? Uh, that is, what does God expect let me give you two, for you on a Sunday? Yeah, let me give you two initial thoughts, and then we'll come back to, to them. One is, we should talk Sabbath. Yeah. Right. This is this is this is the New Testament Sabbath, so to speak. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The other one is Sunday's for getting, mm-hmm. uh, and I would argue Monday through Saturday is for worship, right? Um, and so we'll play with the word worship there in a little bit. But let's go back to Sabbath. When when we oh, wait, lo- what? Go ahead. We're just doing the intro right now, Michael. You're really jumping in this. I like I'm it. I'm sorry. Okay. So we got to say a couple things. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're part of the fifteen seventeen podcasting yep. network. You can go to 1517.org, check out all the good stuff there. You can order Michael's book on any given Sunday. And Wade's books, too. Yeah, if you want. They're not as good. Um, Jason and I will be leading a Germany trip. Experience the cradle of the Reformation, May of 2024. Go to com. Go to Germany trip 2024. That's, one, that's less than one year away. Yeah, it's coming up, and we've been getting registrations. It's been good. It's been picking up pace. I encourage you, if you have questions, reach out to us. Um, you can see the information there. would love to get a few more registrations going here soon. There is a discount if you register by July 13th. Um, our disclaimer, we have not for any... Oh, you, okay, it is over the show doesn't speak. Okay, do you right now? Yep. Do we have other stuff that we have to do for M15? No, we're keeping this. This is going to be our most on-time like time intro. The show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers, to be honest. Much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out. Look around and realize that you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast of Go Live Free Friends, and don't let us get in the way. So, Michael, did I make you lose your train of thought before? No. All right, I'm going to throw it right back to you. Now we're officially in the main topic. Have at it, my friend. So when we think about the Ten Commandments, I think it's healthy to think about the Ten, Ten Commandments in, in these uh, maybe three steps. One is, this is law that you cannot keep, and don't even try to think that you're going to keep it, right? Because we have sins of omission, sins of commission, we have our thoughts, all that kind of stuff. This is impossible for you. So the Ten Commandments are like, you cannot do this. This next thing is to say, Christ did it in your place. I thought you were going to say, but then Jesus comes on the Sermon on the Mount and says, but you can do this. Yeah, no. He says, no, I'm going to do I thought all the mountain stuff was building up to the doable. You would think that, but then he talks Uh, about like plucking eyeballs and stuff. Oh, man. Okay, I misunderstood. Keep going. So the second is, watch Christ do it in your place. So it's not so much, by the way, Christ is like, my example that I follow, what would Jesus do? Um, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to do what you cannot do, you morons. Okay. And then... Well, and this remi- someday we should do yeah. Christ as the new Moses. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes this gets a bad rap in Protestantism because we take that just simply to mean Christ as the new lawgiver. Yeah. But that can be actually a really fruitful image oh. if we think of Christ as the new Moses in the oh. sense of Moses is like this tireless prophet that's pleading for his people, sacrificing for them. You know, and Paul begs us to compare and contrast by saying, 
they were baptized into Moses. Right. You were baptized into Christ. Yeah. What's the difference? So that would be a fun one. What's sometime. the similarities? Yeah, yeah. We should put that. Where's Jason? I don't know. Could you call Jason to come in? I'll and text write him that right on now. The board. Thank okay. you. All right. Um, so most people are going to go, yes, Ten Commandments, law. Okay, got it. A good Lutheran's going to say, ah, yes, but Jesus does it in my place. They got the first two things. But the third one's a little bit more, um, um, I don't know, rare, let's say. God is protecting a gift. God is always protecting a gift. He's protecting life in the fifth commandment. He's protecting sexuality in the sixth commandment. So he's not a prude saying, don't do this. He's saying, I'm putting parameters around this so you don't mess up the gift. So the Ten Commandments are protecting a gift. So let's go to the Third Commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. If we think about it this way, it's not really a law to keep, right? We can't keep it perfectly anyway. We can make up all sorts of little laws that make us feel like we're keeping it perfectly. Welcome to the history of Christianity. Yes, exert this amount of energy. Don't drink this on that day. Uh, if you, you or, well, the Old Testament too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and a twisting of that with the with the Pharisees. Uh, you know, don't do this much work to the point. Although, uh, to be fair to the Pharisees, they weren't only making up easy laws. Jesus says, oh, unless were, your righteousness surpasses right, theirs, they like they made up. I mean, this was not an easy life yeah. to do what they were doing. Although the Sabbath was, you know, like right. Me, yeah. I'm not well, and working. some of the cop outs for divorce uh, and stuff yeah. like that. But, but yeah. oh, for sure. Better than the laws that we make. Right. Like, oh, you didn't drink caffeine. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, it wasn't yes. nearly as move, late. Move over St. Lawrence. Like they, we're, we're just as good at doing it, but we come up with way lazier things. Yeah. yeah. Um, to the point, though, that they can be really blinded, um, saying, like, somebody performed a miracle on the Sabbath, instead of going, my goodness, there was a miracle, be like, mm, That was work. That was work. So, um, and one of my favorite New Testament stories is when, when, when Jesus talks about himself being the Lord of the Sabbath. And he's like, you know, uh, they catch him gleaning in the fields. And they say, he's working on the Sabbath. He must not be the Messiah. And then he tells a story about how David, you know, broke the law about eating the, the bread, bread in the, yeah. the, in the temple and whatever. And he's finally, when he says the, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. My, my translation, and this is a loose translation, my translation is, I made the law, you idiot. Don't tell me mm-hmm. about the law. Yeah. Right. So um, what then is the it's main... It's kind of like when your kids try to catch you on rules. Yeah. And you're like, um, yeah, like I made the rules in the house, and yeah. I think I understand the purpose when they're best applied and what their purpose is. Yeah. So like don't touch the oven applies to you. Mm-hmm. But when I want to cook you chicken nuggets... So that you'll leave me alone mm-hmm. about chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna touch the oven. Mm-hmm. Now, um, my, our oven broke, by the way. I forgot, I forgot to, so we gotta get a new oven. It won't light anymore. We're also getting that, a new oven. Our water heater just died, and now oven. Well, if you find one you like, mm-hmm. are you getting gas or electric? We're going electric because we oh. don't have vent. Well, then you can't say now you're cooking with gas. I and we had electric, and we we prefer gas, but. And it's not that we're freaked out about all the news, about, but we don't have, like, the vent. Yeah, we don't have the vent so either, but, we're gonna but go my wife insists we're going to get gas again. I suppose whatever damage is going to be done has been you done. Know, this is stupid because I could have sold you mine. I just sold mine yesterday. Oh, I thought you said it was broke. No, we, we're going to sell it and replace it with... Why don't you talk... Would you give me a deal? Why, yeah, why don't you talk to me more? I don't like 
sharing my problems with you too often because I feel like then I'm burdening you. You, like, you didn't telegram me, like, yesterday at all. Right. I was trying to give you space. You've had a busy, busy well. Sorry. Okay, I got you distracted. We have communication problems. We do. But I, I was trying to, you've had confirmation. You, had, you hosted a wonderful farewell party. Uh, eighth grade, eighth grade uh, party right now. I really? set it up, barbecued okay. for them. Yeah, so I was trying on. to just give you room. Sorry for distracting you. We, I, we got on ovens. Sabbath. Yep. Sabbath means rest. Mm-hmm. And think not just rest like I'm taking a snooze, but like think sabbatical. Like I rest from my normal labor so that I which can. Which is the better way of thinking of it. Flourishing of what I right. was, which really is, is, is meaningful to me as. It's not me time like we often yeah, think. Of. Yeah, yeah. It's not a time of withdrawal. It's a time for community. Yeah. And I would suggest, too, that, uh, you know, one of the great tragedies of this, of this world is that there are people who live in poverty who had a great, as they say today, skill set in something, and they are not able to uh, share that with the world. But I wonder if in heaven they will be, because it'll be their Sabbath rest. Yeah, and I, I think... They get to rest from their subsistence farming and get right. to... You know, Flourish. I do think along this idea of sabbatical is a better way of thinking it too, um, is that um, sabbatical doesn't, uh, in our sense, sabbatical just means we're we're taking time off from teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not time off from everyone else. This is not I'm going to go be in a room and, you know, just be a monk for this time. Um, Sabbaticals are often spent doing something different even in many professions. You Sometimes people will take a sabbatical and serve in a parish for a little bit or, or something like that. That um, And this is where I think maybe Europe has these like remnants of the notion of what Sunday was for better than America because sometimes we capitalism a little harder and so it's hard for us to ever shut things down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea, people might think... Like oh, shut down in August. Yeah, people might think like, oh, and in some countries in Europe, the shops are all closed on Sunday. Like, oh, everyone must just be in their house, like, making, like, eating leftovers mm-hmm. or whatever. They're shutting down originally, right, for church, but also for community. Mm-hmm. Um, these Sundays were often feast days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't just merely, like, you get, you know, the, I mean, I don't want to pick on people, but kind of like the live, laugh, love, like, me time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wine o'clock. Like, I'm going to decompress and just put everything away. Now, there's a time for that as well. Jesus did withdraw to pray. Um, but that doesn't mean that by Sabbath, when we say rest, we, we, we mean um, a, a rest from, from others entirely, if that's yeah, fair. Yeah, and we would say the, the exact opposite, probably. Right, because right? it's, it's the day the ecclesia, the church, you are gonna assembles. Be, yeah, you are, going, you are going to be recharged. And sometimes people yeah. aren't in church because they feel, well, I need to recharge. Yeah which may be, in a sense, a physical recharging that yeah. is an aspect of the Sabbath, yeah. but it's not, yeah. it's missing the major point. So there's a couple things going on here with the Sabbath. Um, rest, but an eternal, spiritual, whole body rest has got to come from outside of us. It has to, we have to, the burden of working for our salvation has to be lifted off of us for it to be a true a true rest. So, how do you get true rest? Well, you are going to stay in contact with the means of grace. 
go to church, mm-hmm. right? But the 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 third commandment would also be, are you you being are you being in contact with the means of grace on a regular basis, right? And, and are you having time on that day to contemplate yeah. what you have heard and experienced? Yeah. It's not just a boom, boom, boom. Get get it get it out done of the with. way. Yep. Um, and it's also there is a sense of like you shouldn't work because that starts to get thinking that you don't need God and God hasn't done enough for you. Don't be a workaholic. God will get the work done for you, right? So those things are connected. So I see the Sabbath as not a rule that I follow, but once again, God's gift saying, take time to enjoy the good gifts that he has given you. The gifts of nature, the gifts of family, primarily the gift of salvation in Christ. So how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to gather together as family, as the family of God, that would be church, where you get the means of grace so that you can have true rest. But it also means to getting together with your family. Uh, it's, it's going to a ball game. It is watching football. It is taking a trip. It is the Sunday drive was a thing that was, you know, a, a thing in the 50s and 60s. Which was a drive not to frantically get somewhere. But a, but a drive to be together and just take in the area, the community, the area. something maybe you haven't seen. Yeah, and in a time when we all could be together and do right. that, and you would stop and get a go to maybe a, a custard uh, stand, a custard sand, or a, uh, a soda, whatever they call them, right? An opiate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I think of then Sunday, well, we should talk Saturday, Sunday. So the Sabbath for a Jewish person would be 6 p.m. on our Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday, which is when they are going to worship, Friday night Seder, meal, mini Passover, and then the synagogue words and preaching service, which would occur Saturday morning. Why Sunday? Well, Sunday is the day the Lord ushered in the new kingdom. He was resurrected on the first day of the week, which is also the eighth day, right? And so when we think about the number eight, by the way, you know, when we think about seven, we have a seven-day week. We can't kind of get away from that. God rested on the seventh day. The problem with uh, resting on the seventh day, by the way, if God can take a day off, you can. By the, the problem with resting on the seventh day is that there's always a stinking Monday, right? Mm-hmm. We keep going around and around and around. And so there's a sense of elusiveness of the eighth eternal day, right? And so eight, eight people in the flood. On the eighth day, boys were circumcised. They all have a connection of the promise of God to the promised land, which we would, you know, interpret uh, for us as the promised land of heaven. Christ says, I've come to make all things new. And so the day after the Sabbath is the day he rises. So the, the, the eternal Sabbath rest, as the writer to the Hebrews talks about, is ushering in this new kingdom which would be on the eighth day. And so it makes sense um, that Christians would worship on the eighth day or the first day of the week on Sunday. So um, what then is Sunday for? Is it for you to make a check mark so that you are good with God? Oh, you didn't work in the morning, you went to church, good for you. God's so lucky to have you. No, it is coming into his peace and his rest, his, his, his Sabbath for you, so that you are at peace with him. Uh, the, 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 the regular day labor and stripes of the week 
go away and you're given a sabbatical on Sunday to flourish, to enjoy life. It doesn't have to be Sunday, right? I mean, there can be, you know, you can worship on a Saturday night, all those kinds of things. Uh, we're not to our nurses, on to this. our truck drivers, people who yeah. have these schedules that. Um, oh, and and for our lives right now, sometimes our kids have to work Sunday morning, and so they're going to church. But we are try to take time when the family is together. We do something together. That's right. that's maybe a disordered way of thinking, but it is it's in a in a in a crazy world. That's how that's how it goes. Uh, although I did used to call my Monday night service. I would joke and call them my my B team yeah, or JV, JV squad, Christians. Yep. Yeah, uh, JV, squad. and they knew what the joke was. Yeah. Um, but there is something to being in the Sunday community when you can be. In fact, we had, um, there was always kind of thought of in the past, when I went into the parish and the pastor had been the two services on Sunday, and there was thought of maybe going back to that. And I was always pretty insistent, like we're fitting in the sanctuary. We can do one because otherwise you have two Sundays and Monday and you don't know each other. Now that's not to say. Multiple services are sometimes necessary. Yep. You help out down and in Maguanago, for instance, and there's yeah. no way they were they were going to do one no. one service. No. Um, but there is something to um, the community being yeah, together. Absolutely. Don't want to art- artificially break that up. So, um, Sabbath. So when I come, then, let's go into the next point. It's not really about worship, you know, showing worth to God, as if he was a narcissist and we came to kiss his ring. Uh, but we take our cue from Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where he talks about your, your, your living sacrifice. Uh, you die to your sinful nature, and a new person is resurrected. And that new person, by definition, is going to be righteous and loving, so it's going to be about the other person. And uh, he says, this is your liturgy, right? This is your liturgia. This is your divine worship. And so I think it's really uh, helpful to say, if I'm going to think about worship as showing that God is worthy of me, it's going to happen Monday through Saturday in my vocation. Mm-hmm. But when I come on Sunday morning, that's forgetting. That is for that is for Christ coming and saying, here is my word, here is my meal. I will not flick you away. I bring you into the family. You're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. Now I'm going to send you out, and, and it could be easy, and uh, there's going to be a cross to bear, but your burden's light, and you can come back here next week, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, and you keep say, saying forgetting, and maybe it's helpful to say it also is for a brief time for forgetting. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about in the previous episode, gladly hearing and learning the word. It's a time to take a break from all the things that have laid claim on your mind, your ears, mm-hmm. your eyes, your heart. It's a sabbatical. Right, and yeah. God puts in front of you the most important thing, right? So all week is going to be full of these distractions. And it's a reminder of what we're being distracted from. Um, and that that thing is, is for us. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if we narrow it down then specifically, we've talked Sabbath, we've talked Sunday with the resurrection, but maybe we can hit a little bit on then. So every Sunday is an Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this in the Lenten season where the Sundays don't count mm-hmm. um, in the numbering. Uh, in the Roman Catholic Church, every Sunday is a holy day of obligation, right? This is, in a sense, a uh, feast day, mm-hmm. right? You have you have feasts that are um, specific commemorations. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you never is, started diet on Sunday, right? 
it's a it's a day um, that uh, is is grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean for that to be a a hokey like um, you know kind of what Christianity sometimes gets claimed of being of like yes this life's terrible and just accept it it's your Latin life one day you'll die and go to heaven. Um, but in a way of reminding us of two things, of yes, one day I will die and go to heaven, but also now here I'm getting a very real foretaste mm-hmm. of the feast to come. Uh, we, I, when we were playing the Wells Connection game, which we will bring, but we have had an enormously positive response. We've not had one negative. We have a lot of people that have literally said, have used these words, love it. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I was trying to troll Mike a bit, and one of the words I came up with was Communion Sunday. And Michael, you believe, I believe you said that was a tautology. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, should, it's just a given. It should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won't get, we got feisty once. You can go back to that episode. I got feisty a couple times in that. And I'm happy to get feisty again. But even with, um, and it's fine to have daily communion. But the main day in the early church that we see the, the breaking of bread was taking place was on Sunday. <clears throat> um which even then became attached with an agape meal, which is what and we see in the letters to the Corinthians. Paul's dealing with the abuse of communion or and and likely this agape meal. Um, but the idea of food, feast, well, why? Because what's the imagery Jesus uses for heaven is feast. Mm-hmm. Who do you feast with? You don't feast by yourself. That's a great way to get fat like me. Um, but that's not a... a, a we, humans tend to know... Food is not best enjoyed alone, right? We some of the oldest things we have archaeologically or ethnographically is tied to people having food or drink. Ancients didn't eat alone. That's a modern thing, right? Why do people go to a bar or pub because they don't want to sit and drink alone? Um, And so uh, maybe we can build on a little bit. So we talk on any given Sunday on what's taking place, and we won't get into okay. Let's just say, do you have to have communion every Sunday? Nope, you don't have to have it. Okay. Um, so we're not saying that, and you can listen to the feisty episode. But if we can play on the feast idea, and we can yeah. even say, when there's preaching, there's a feast, yep. right? This is the bread of life that's being yep. given to you. Um, what maybe can, what maybe should that image of a feast remind us about? You know, we talked about. I mentioned, I think before the episode, maybe in it too. But we've done an episode on a prisoner, or episodes, I think, on prisoners' bill of rights. Um, what, um, what is that? What does the feast image tell us about Sunday? Even Revelation. Yeah. Much of what's happening in, in St. John's Revelation is really drawing on imagery from the divine service. It's liturgical oh. in orientation. Absolutely. So, yeah, so this, this I'll let you unpack, Mike, well, and it'll be quiet again. I mean, it's just, it's throughout the Bible. It starts from, it starts from the very first eating with, in, the, in the Garden of Eden all the way to Revelation to the point where, and this is, I, I will get feisty for one second, to the point where, I'm gonna let you do this, but I, if I, if I raise my hand, that means you get 20 seconds to stop. It should not be that I have to argue for God's means of grace on Sunday in its fullness. It is you got to make an argument why I shouldn't have it, because of the history, the biblical history, and the reason why and how so God far, comes. I would say to, I'm about, I'm about how, six how God off comes the table. to us. It should not be on me to try to convince you to have God's means of grace available 
to the people that I am serving. Fair point. It I'm is on you to make an argument why you shouldn't have it. Okay. And then I'm going to say, done. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Okay. Now, if we think about... I will say, okay, can I, yeah, can okay. I get 10 seconds of feistiness? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And you can count down if you need yeah, to. Okay. The most communal thing that happens usually in the divine service is us all going up to the table together. Like, you know, like and so the idea of community, which is often what the focus is and building it, that kneeling together or standing uh, with those at the rail. Um, I, I, I can have Baptists tell me that we should have Holy Communion every Sunday. Okay. okay. We're done with it. I mean, there's so many philosophical... Okay, re- but Michael, the hand is up now. The hand is up. Okay. Right. So now, when... when there's a couple things that really strike me as, man, we can't understand the ancients, the Old Testament, or the New Testament from our American lens. Uh, we got we got we to shift things. And this is not, I'm not trying to pick on, there's so many good things that America. Th- we just picked on our own, we can pick on others. That's right. And, and every generation, every culture is going to have huge blind spots, and the trick is to try to figure out what your blind spots are the best you can. Okay. Now, one of them is coming into the presence of God, right? Because in a modern, sometimes maybe even say Protestant worldview, uh, God is distant, he's up in heaven. Yeah, okay. This is so different than the ancient world, Christianity uh, and, and other religions too, where God is near. Okay. And, and the, um, that God is near doesn't mean that God isn't uh, kind of transcendent and sovereign and great he he can be near with all that yeah. um as well but yes okay first article versus second article kind of stuff so there's our, a reason uriah or yeah, yeah uriah, uriah. T- touches the ark and he dies even though he's trying to do a great thing yeah. Uzzah, you mean Uzzah, Uzzah yeah, yeah sorry oh i went to david and Bathsheba. Yeah, it's such um, a good story i just wanted yeah. to tell you it. and um so it's very difficult for us to have this concept of when I go to church, I'm going, I'm take your shoes off. You're on holy ground, right? That idea. How do we do that without worshiping a thing? Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very, again, very Protestant in the, in the sense of just kind of not really cool with the graven images kind of thing. Right. Um, and, and obviously there, there can be um, uh, extremes that we want to avoid. But the idea of coming into the presence of God has been largely taken out of our concept of worship. We don't do intruits very often, those kinds of things. The other thing... And just our... For most of us in North American Protestantism, um, we're not able to, or we haven't built churches like we used to. So even like the occasion for intruits and processions, a lot of our churches just aren't built... Built where that happens well. Yeah, so that oh, part of it's we, just... Is, we'll well, we parade, did to build something. We'll parade for a wedding, though. Okay, yes. Yeah. But, uh, now, um, Mike is feisty. <laughs> the other thing is, and we, we talked about this a few uh, episodes ago, where we primarily think of ourselves as machines or animals, and so food, we have a different relationship with food than other people in the world, and certainly the ancients did. You didn't eat alone. Uh, food, breaking bread with somebody who you who you ate with was a very important thing. We still have this today. You don't invite everybody to your wedding. Uh, King Jong Il could not, you know, eat at the state dinner in the White House. Things would go berserk, right? Even if they're just sharing a meal, yeah, right. That that means something. So we even use the colloquialism. Let's break bread. Yeah. So when we we don't even mean have a meal necessarily, yeah. but like we're going to establish a relationship. 
and that, that because we don't we don't have that spiritual f- physical kind of connection anymore that's that that latent gnostic split in the modern period plays out in many different ways including this one where eating together is not a big deal because eating's just putting fuel into my body right maybe it's to an occasion okay we know you know you know we'll have sloppy joes we say you are who you eat when we should say you are who you eat with yeah. so and that's such an important thing throughout the old testament and new testament who you break whom you're going to break bread with right but did i say you are who you uh, you are what you eat rather yeah. than you are who you eat. do not eat people yeah don't um, if i said that wrong i apologize and anti-cannibalism and when by the way when jesus talks about um when he eats with tax collectors or he has a parable about bringing in people into the into the <laughs> wedding supper um it's not like jesus loved everybody and we should hold hands with everybody that's not what he's saying there in fact we know this because he throws out the guy who snuck in without the wedding clothes the point is there is you still have to be worthy of his table. The point is he makes you worthy. You get the righteous robe of Christ. So you are not unworthy because of your sin. Well, actually you are, but that's not, that's not the solution is not you give up your being a tax collector and become a Pharisee. The solution is Christ makes you worthy. He makes Matthew worthy of his table. He makes you worthy of the wedding supper of the Lamb in heaven. Adam and Eve worshipped at the at the at the two trees. They did two things. They trusted God by not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Take me at my word. They heard preaching, and then they ate with God. Yeah, and and the devil attacked their worship, which is to say, they attacked their trust, because as the Lutheran confessions say, worship is finally just trust. So. The way God has created us is to be people of eating and of speaking. We're people of words and we're people of food. Uh, When you get together, I don't care what culture you're from, if you get together with a family, you will do three things. You will eat, you will drink, and you will talk. Those are the three things that you're going to find everywhere in every culture. By the way, you're always going to find a parade in every culture as well. So when God then comes to us as he has created us to interact with each other, it makes it makes not only a whole lot of sense, but I can't think of any other way he would do this, is that he would come to us by speaking and eating. And, and of course, that the idea of washing, right? Clean and unclean is something that's, that's, that's primary, primal to us as well. Well, and if we're thinking, was it previous episode or this one where I mentioned the Christ and Moses? Last one. Yeah. Okay. If you're listening, yeah. maybe it was, we don't know. But what many of the miracles Christ does that are, are to replicate or supersede Moses' miracles or Elijah's miracles, our yeah. feeding miracles, yeah. right? And this is or washing miracles, right? Yeah. But that we're going to now sit down and feed not just the five thousand but the four thousand, um, but also with his apostles, right? The miraculous catch of fish at his resurrection, make me breakfast. Yeah. Um, these are uh, th- this the food, the we're not going to get feisty here. But um, with the Emmaus disciples, when Jesus celebrates Holy Communion with them, and then (laughs) (laughs) their hearts burn within them, right? The the breaking of bread, uh, they realize who he is um, in the Lord's Supper. (laughs) And uh, I will say Emmaus 2, maybe, I'm not going to go either way, but Acts 2 is, I think, Holy Communion. So, um, but this uh, this idea of... um, of feeding, 
And maybe if we can relate that, so Michael has thrown a sequence of parties lately. Oh. He had a confirmation party. Mm-hmm. I just, your wife posted while you were speaking. I was still locked in, but I did mm-hmm. look at Facebook. She posted pictures of the party currently at Lakeside Going party. House. Um, had a farewell party for some of our colleagues mm-hmm. who are retiring or leaving. I just had a graduation party mm-hmm. for my son. And we. Um, Peter? Remember Peter? Yep. I couldn't go to his because he got, there was conflict. But, yeah. but we threw parties, we prepared parties. We gave parties. I didn't come to Michael's, and he said, you know, now make the food mm-hmm. and set up the tables and whatever else. I didn't expect people to come to our party and do that. Um, the party was meant to celebrate, but also as gift. It's a recognition, recognition of people who we wanted to eat with, to spend time with, um, and so it was It was gift not only to the person we're celebrating, but to them. And so also, yes, there's an altar guild at church. Mm-hmm. And yes, pastor, more than you probably realize, is over there before Sunday getting things ready. Um, hopefully is, right? Mm-hmm. Practicing, whatever. Um, but the feast is given. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Sunday is, is given, is prepared for you, given to you as gift, as guest then. By, by Christ. It's the reason we use the word feast and festival. There's a reason we, 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 it's natural that this would happen. You might become a member, but you're always guest. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an ingrained thing in humanity and in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that's why I was feisty at the beginning by saying, you need to have a pretty good reason not to do it than the other way because it's so foundational to who we are as human beings and how God comes to us. And it's really only the modern period, right, where, we, where, where that becomes not a central focus. But if you're, if you're talking about eating in the garden to the lamb's high feast, to the parables of the wedding, um, to, to the Passover meal, and, and by the way, you know, you think about the Passover meal, looking back to the Exodus and forward to Jesus, looking back to the Passover lambs, they have lamb, looking forward to the Lamb of God, then Holy Communion, looking back, do this in remembrance of me, of the Lamb of God, uh, Jesus on the cross. But here is the lamb in body and, and, and blood, the true Passover lamb, and then looking forward to the lamb's high feast. The, 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 the lamb, the meal, the remembrance the communion, the looking forward. I mean, you can't, you just cannot live and breathe as an Old Testament Israelite or as a New Testament Christian and not be overtaken by this meal concept. Yep. You have to ignore a lot. And and so, Michael, when you threw your parties, when I threw my party, also, I didn't have a single guest, maybe you did, who said, okay, I'll come, but I expect these menu options. Mm-hmm. I expect this many pictures on the picture board. I expect the cake to be this big. Um, but what we did is we tried to set out what we could that we thought people wouldn't enjoy, mm-hmm. but also what it would be good for them to see. So, so we had a picture board for my son who was graduating, and we put um, pictures that his parents and siblings thought captured him well mm-hmm. and also showed how the people there knew him mm-hmm. to be. Uh, so also... It was a reminding thing. Yep. And it and was a communion it, thing. Yep. And it was a looking forward thing. Yep. And so when we gather on Sunday for this feast, 
God does a very similar thing. He doesn't say, well, what do you want on the menu? He, he sets forth what he thinks is, is best, what's meat, what's right, what's salutary. Um, and then he also sets forward, uh, not a picture board, but what we are to remember about him. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Well, what are we supposed to remember? And, and God himself tells us. And so I think this also is helpful too because we live in a day and age where um, the church can be tempted to become consumer-driven. And that doesn't mean we should be unwelcoming. That doesn't mean we should be uh, earmuff kids. Uh, cover your ears. Jackasses. Um, that doesn't mean like it shouldn't be, we shouldn't try to accommodate that, you know, make it easier for, for visitors to know where the bathrooms are or to use the hymnal or stuff like that. But it does mean um, that it's not the church's place even to determine the fair mm. or determine what um, is to be remembered. Now, if it's not a means of grace, then yeah, right. do what you want. But if it is... Yeah. But if it is then the feast is already prepared and given for us, and it's just the church's job to celebrate it. And and that is um, a word liturgically that maybe Lutherans don't use enough, and maybe they think it sounds Catholic, but to celebrate the divine service, <clears throat> to celebrate a feast, um, is, uh, is sometimes a good image for what's happening. It's been given to us, and now we, we celebrate it. Um, and so the presiding minister is the celebrant. He is um, in the place of Christ, in the stead of Christ, as an ordained um, uh, servant of the word, called and ordained, uh, the host, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's, what is the host to do? He, the host celebrates and gives you the good things and tells you about the reason for the feast. And here also we see that in the Old Testament, that how often weren't meals also given questions, Right, you're gonna you're gonna have this meal, and someone's gonna ask this, and then you're gonna say that, and and so also that's part of what's to take place in the divine service. Um, here's the things you're to tell people, and then the church, in its wisdom, over millennia, has has set up things to help us do that. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I We're at about so. forty, so we should kind of wrap it up. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the last word. You wrap it up however you want. In fact, I'm muting myself. Okay. I would say this. I would say when you think about Sunday morning, if you're going to use the word worship, that's fine. Just check yourself because where's the arrow going? Always ask, is the arrow going from me to God or from God to me? I think the natural thing that we do in response to God's breaking down the barrier of heaven and earth with his body and blood and his washing of babies, if there's a baptism, and his speaking truth to us, is absolving us. I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, this is this is this is f- fantastic. This is truly awesome as an awe-inspiring. Our natural response, of course, is to worship, but I'd say even God makes our worship about us and not Him. Who benefits from our singing of His hymns, uh, singing what He did in our hymns and and recounting what he has done for us and asking him for things in prayer. It's not like there's a celestial bank account where his, our offerings go. We benefit from all of it. And so Sunday is truly a sabbatical where we get to rest in his peace. And then uh, we show his worth by being who he made us to be, right? He made us these people. 
and it's not really uh, in in the for the new person. It's not a it's not a a struggle. It's not even even a burden. It is who he made us to be to be amba- his ambassadors. You're just going to suffer because you're 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 a sinner saint. But your 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 worship is Monday through Saturday, and after you're tired, come back on Sunday, and get again, and then he'll send you out like a bird, where there's nothing left to do. Go let the bird fly. Another round, another round, another round, one more round won't get me down. 